Good morning, new community, and welcome to what will be the last video service we have for a while. We are super excited to regather in person as a church family, and we'll be sharing more about what this looks like in today's service. Please join me in this morning's call to worship that's based on Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus. You're welcome to join me in reading the bolded text. Give thanks to our almighty God. We thank God for joy, for laughter, for abundant blessings of every kind. Give thanks to God at all times and for everything. We thank God when we can and as we can for struggles, for solitude, for fears. Give thanks to God at all times and for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank God that in Christ our joys as well as our pain our losses, as well as our laughter, are in God's heart and hands. Amen. New community, join me in this corporate prayer. Call the congregation, assemble the people, join together in worship to God. We long to be made holy through the Spirit who sanctifies us in Jesus' name. We seek to get, dedicate our lives to God and to God's glory. Let us pray together. Here we are, God. We've come from our week filled with many things. Some are filled with joy and excitement, others with sorrow and despair. Some are filled with energy, others are filled with weariness. Some are filled with love for you, others wonder where you are, for they feel far from you. We are the soon-to-be-gathered congregation we lay ourselves before you with all the honesty we can muster. We give you what we are. Create in us clean hearts. Fill us with your spirit as we are present in worship so we can be made holy to serve you wholly. Amen. Well, good morning, new community. Glad to be here. We are in uh, on location in the Peterson kitchen yeah, right for now sure. doing a, uh, a video cast for this upcoming Sunday. What day is it? It's Wednesday, right, Russ? It is. Okay. Wednesday the third. Mm -hmm. So we've got some exciting stuff to talk about. We do. Let's go. What do we want to talk about <laughs> first? Uh, new community. We are incredibly pleased to announce that we are going to reopen for in-person services coming up here in a couple of weeks. March 21st is going to be 21st. our first time. 21st together. So uh, it's almost one year to the day. I believe it's one year and one we, week. Yep. Is it correct? Something like that. Yeah. Uh, to when we first closed down to when we now are going to regather in person. Yeah. So we figured this morning uh, might be, um, this might be the best format to yeah. kind of discuss what a new rhythm is going to look like uh, because we have uh, been in a kind of COVID reality for the last year regarding Sunday services and gathered worship. This will be a change. And so um, we wanted to have a conversation and uh, not just a conversation about what this is going to look like, but actually a conversation kind of informed in what we read in the person of Christ uh, and how that should affect and um and maybe kind of posture us as we move forward into regathering on Sundays. Yeah. And uh, before we get to that, you might be asking the question, how did you decide to start regathering on March 21st? What was the process? Um, how did you arrive at that conclusion? So I'll toss out a thing or two and then we can discuss it a little. Uh, so one, we had been prayerful, talked to a lot of um, 
other pastors and uh, people in community uh, met with the elders on a regular basis, talking through when would be an appropriate time to start regathering and also uh, what is in the best interest of not only just new community as a community, but what is in the best interest of our city. If we are actually missionaries here uh, designed to bring and create shalom and peace and wholeness and goodness in the city, then it might not be in our best interest to gather in a way that actually brings potential harm and danger to the city. And so after a long season of thought and prayer about that, we began to sense that uh, maybe it was nearing the time. Uh, I also think um, statistics related to health in our particular county were Mm -hmm. a guide in that. Uh, And then we formed a bit of a committee, a committee made up of um, medical professionals and business owners and uh, people involved in in science as uh, professors and um, elders and staff and everybody gathered together to try to discern and think through the process. And um, we did that over the course of how long was that? Uh, I think we met three different times. Okay. Over about a month and a half or so. Um, and put together protocols and procedures and safety measures, uh, talk through um, a registration process, which you're going to find out more about uh, in the coming days, um, and talked about zoning off the auditorium into different mm-hmm. sections to provide greater safety and social distancing and all of that. Uh, and it was just, what, this last Sunday mm-hmm. that we concluded yep. an appropriate time would be March 21st. Yeah. Yeah, so I think, I mean, really what Russ is uh, kind of getting at is uh, trying to do our best to balance mm-hmm. the physical health yes. of uh, not only our community, but like he said, this the city of Spokane, our broader community. But then also there's a spiritual health component too. Yep. And uh, it's been a year since we've been able to gather together. And uh, we continue to firmly believe that that like corporate expression of worship, gathering together is vital for our souls, vital for us as a church community. And so the the balance kind of tipped and uh, it was to a place, schools had opened, businesses are starting to reopen and it seemed like a really appropriate time. And as Mm -hmm. we listened to the spirit, as we prayed through it, seemed like a really good time to say, let's uh, let's kind of course navigate here into a new reality and uh, let's begin to meet and gather and start uh, maybe more in, this maybe sounds a little callous, but more intentionally kind of care for our souls in yeah, this way. I, I think um, we would both attest, and I think if you talk to the staff and to the elders, um, I think to a person they would attest that there is something unique that happens when we gather corporately that you cannot replicate in a individual situation or yeah. even in a small group situation. Um, while we do prioritize small groups and think that the relationships and the discussion and the level of discipleship that can happen in a small group uh, is unique and different to what could happen in a gathered context, uh, there is something about gathering and worshiping, not just in song, uh, but in the word and in prayer and in corporate uh, responses and communion and all of those ways that actually uh, do something quite significant yeah. to us spiritually. Uh, so we're uh, excited. We anticipate the 21st. We uh, will have a registration process. Uh, we'll walk you through that. Um, and uh, we cannot wait to get started and uh, to be able to see each other in person again. Yeah. So Russ, if we kind of uh, shift the conversation yep. uh, about as we regather, mm-hmm. right? Um, 
if we want to look at the person of Christ yep. and look at some of the ways uh, that he was, that he conducted ministry, the ways that he inter- interacted with individuals, what do you think we can glean kind of from following him uh, and learning from him in terms of uh, how we might best set ourselves up to kind of step into this new reality in a healthy and yeah. in a good way? Yeah, as uh, Kevin and I um, continue to read through the Gospels in this Jesus series, I think we're struck by the fact that uh, he exhibits some amazing qualities and invites us to kind of mimic him in those qualities. Mm-hmm. And um, so we sat down and kind of brainstormed what were the what are the qualities that he possessed that would be ideal for us to mm-hmm. mimic during this uh, transition from not gathering to gathering. And one um, that I think is really vital is gratitude. Yeah, there's this uh, unique story where Jesus um, is walking along the way with disciples and with followers and a group of lepers um, is probably yelling, unclean, unclean. They're distanced from people in a socially distanced (laughs) world back then. Uh, They were the people that had to socially distance. And if they didn't, there was this deep fear that uh, someone else might catch what they had. And uh, into the midst of that world, he stepped he crossed the divide of mm-hmm. physical distance, stepped into their space, and uh, and declared them healed. And uh, and they were. They left, and in their leaving, they became completely healed. Their body was transformed. And uh, out of the ten lepers that left, mm-hmm. only one returned. Yeah. And he makes comment to the fact that only one returned and gave gratitude or spoke of the thankfulness. Uh, of their entire life being transformed. And we have been in an awkward space of being distanced and not relating in the same ways. Mm -hmm. And I think that can cause us at times to um, reflect on the negative experiences we're having, the isolation we feel, the discouragement we might have, the struggle with work or the struggle with relationships or- I mean, sickness and loss of life. I mean, really, uh, really significant things. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. It, I think in the midst of that, it's easy for us to, to like the other nine lepers, to mm-hmm. just, you, life is changing and we just move on. Yep. Uh, I think being a people of gratitude is vitally important. Yeah. Well, and, and if that's your foundation, I think your entire worldview begins to change. Oh, and, uh, yeah. and how you actually interact with individuals and how you see the things playing out in, in and around you begins to fundamentally change if you're a person uh, whose foundation is built on gratitude rather than yeah. entitlement or rather than uh, mm-hmm. cynicism or yeah. any of those other things. Yeah. And that's not to say that the nine that didn't come back are terrible people. No. Um, but I do think that there's something unique about the individual that comes back and uh, and is is able and willing to recognize the goodness that's in life yes. and the beauty that's in yeah. life and the blessing that has been handed down to us. And uh, it could be very, very easy. And, and I have struggled with this. I know you mm-hmm. have struggled with this. Our staff has discussed this uh, ad nauseum. It can be very easy to focus on all of the negative things yeah. over the last all year. All that was lost. Yep, and and there is a time to grieve and mourn those things, uh-huh. certainly. Um, but in doing that, we maybe miss all of the incredible things yeah. that have happened too. And uh, I mean, the incredible things that have happened in our community, even though we haven't been able to gather in the ways that we, we may wanna gather, right. our community continues to be strong. It continues to be vibrant. Uh, people are doing incredible ministry. Yeah. And uh, we really wanna be a people that focuses on that aspect uh, of life and kind of uh, works from that type of foundation. Yeah, I, 
I think we could probably all agree to you notice a stark contrast between someone who lives out of cynicism and frustration and discouragement and someone who is constantly living out of gratitude and seeing things uh, as beautiful. Uh, Because when you live in that way, you can't help but notice more and more things that God has blessed you with. If the scriptures say every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the father of heavenly lights, and that idea is that any good, any blessing, any encouragement that I'm gaining uh, is to acknowledge it back to its source. Yeah. And so I think even if we can call out a few things right now, um, we have as a community have been incredibly grateful and blessed that the relationships of people in small groups, relationships of people within the church have remained intact, that people have leaned deeply into relationships. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I am uh, incredibly grateful for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think one of the things that I've been really grateful for is the creativity that I've seen in people that um, it, when it could be easy just to say, well, I can't be with others, there's really no way that I can be in relationship. <clears throat> Excuse me. You have Zoom prayer meetings and yeah. people going on distanced walks with friends and people using FaceTime and all of these technology sources that have given us the ability to actually be creative and to continue to be in each other's lives. Maybe not in the way that we want to be, sure. but um, I, I know for uh, just from personal experience, our group, we have, I don't know, 15, 14 to 16 people in our group. Some feel comfortable meeting right now. And right. so there's kind of a contingency that's meeting in living rooms, distanced in mask. And then there's some that aren't quite there yet. And uh, those folks are meeting on Zoom for prayer meetings at the same time that uh, the other folks are meeting in living rooms. And so right. there's this like really beautiful um, kind of interplay of uh, individuals trying to creatively think through mm-hmm. how do we continue to be community in the midst of this yeah. this very strange time. Yeah, and speaking of creativity, uh, you interviewed your mom yeah. in a creative way that she was continuing to do mission yeah. in the city. Um, we've got a group who's preparing to go to Egypt yeah. uh, in June. And so I think there is that continued uh, gratitude for the way that people are engaging, the way that people are uh, leaning into other gifts and into relationships. Uh, I think there's also incredible gratitude that, um, you know, I... I know I never had it in seminary class. You probably didn't either, but there was no uh, textbook on how to be a church that doesn't gather for a full year and then regather again. There just, (laughs) there there might be a class about that now. There will be soon. Uh, But that was not in any of my theological training. And um, we're going through something that's incredibly different. And yet to know that the church even on a financial level, yeah. uh, God has continued to bless um, as a result of the sacrifice of people in the community. Yeah. And um, that's another thing to be incredibly grateful yeah. for. I know you you mentioned just a second ago, um, half of your group is comfortable with meeting, mm-hmm. half the group may be less comfortable with meeting. Um, maybe that moves into a second quality, I think, um, that we see in Jesus. Um, there's this unique passage that... Um, Jesus has died. There's the resurrection. Some of the disciples have seen Jesus, interacted with Jesus, uh, but you have Thomas. And he always gets the bad rap because he's called Doubting Thomas. Yep. Um, but the man had a lot of faith, and there's a lot of evidence of that. Um, but he, in that midst of that little season of his doubt, so to speak, or his desire to see tangible uh, representation of Jesus, 
um, the text has this weird little line that just says that Jesus knew about it, but waited eight days. Mm -hmm. So Thomas was in this state of doubt, insecurity, lack of faith, frustration, and God allowed him to remain in that, knowing that he could have solved it at any point. Yeah. He allowed him to remain in it for eight days, yeah. which may say something to us about the times that we are struggling with doubt and <laughs> yeah. faith and like that maybe God is going, this is a good place for you to be. Yeah. Um, and it's okay. And it's good to ask questions and it's good to be in community. And But anyhow, that's a side note. Yeah. The, the main point is that God had both incredible patience yeah. and incredible grace. Yeah. And I think two other qualities that, probably are needed as we transition back together are to have patience with one another, Mm -hmm. to know that some of us are going to be more comfortable and some of us less comfortable with gathering. Some of us are going to be um, very comfortable with some of the restrictions that take place in service. And then others of us are going to be really disappointed potentially by those restrictions in service. And so having patience uh, with each other and grace. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so like you talk about restrictions, protocols. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like a really tangible example that comes to mind is um, our services will be distanced, yep. right? Uh, and so when service is done and you want to get up and turn around and give the person a hug behind you, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, which is very common totally uh, in 2020 or mm-hmm. 2019 and before, um, you're going to have that awkward moment where you go out and reach your hands and the other person puts out their uh, fist for a fist bump or an elbow. And there's going to be that awkward moment of, ooh, maybe I overstepped. Right. And that's one of those things where as a community, we have grace with one another. We have patience with one another. And and in some ways, I think you're able just to kind of laugh it off and say, yep, this is weird. This is different, but we're here together. And um, and so I I think we're going to run into a lot of those little things. I mean, if I were to be real vulnerable, that service on the 21st, we haven't done something like that in a year. And yeah. so um, it may not be the best service we've ever oh, run. <laughs> for sure. Um, and so even us as a staff, we're talking a lot about having grace with one another of um, kind of getting back into that Sunday rhythm and uh, kind of relearning our jobs in a lot of ways and re-understanding <laughs> yeah. what Sunday is going to look like. And we as a staff as a leadership team are going to have to have a lot of patience and a lot of uh, grace with one another. And, and we're hopeful that our community is able to display that yeah. in the same way. Yeah. I mean, I have still gone in almost every Sunday morning to the church building and uh, sat in the office all by myself. And it, it feels weird to know that in several weeks, a bunch of people will be there yeah. when for a whole year, nobody's been there. Yeah. And um, that just, feels radically different. Also, I think it'll feel radically different to not be in a room with a mic and nobody around and the door closed and then reading my notes and doing a podcast. Yeah. Or it'll even be weird. Like we haven't done this in front of people at all for a year. I mean, Joseph is sitting right there, but he's on his phone currently. So I'm not sure that really counts. But it's similar to how much he pays attention when we speak anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Similarly, I haven't gotten up before about 3 p.m. on Sunday in the last year. So I don't even know if I'm going to be able to make it on time. Yeah. That's well, going to be my biggest struggle. Here's the nice sure. thing. Most people don't make it on time. <laughs> yeah. So that's going to be yeah, really helpful. It'll fit me. in. Yeah. Um, but yes, we will need to have patience and grace with yeah, each other. Sure. Um, I, not just in the awkward interactions, but also when 
you are excited about gathering, but the rest of the group isn't coming. And so you feel like you have two separate experiences or um, you want to sing, but early on the restrictions from the committee are really, we're, we're not going to sing. Yep. Or we're going to remain masked the the whole time. Yeah. Um, so unlike a restaurant where you might take the mask off and while you sit there, mask will be on the whole time and services will be shorter. And mm-hmm. so I just think having patience and grace with each other in the midst of a lot of change um, is going to be really important. Yeah. I'd, and that grace extends to it. It could be easy. Uh, as folks begin to come back to uh, begin to create scenarios in your head of hierarchy of, well, sure. I'm here. And so clearly I have arrived because I'm willing to maybe risk sure. uh, showing up into a public place and, uh, and participate in worship and others that aren't, maybe their spiritual level isn't quite where mine is. And yeah. fundamentally, yeah, fundamentally, we do not believe that yeah. at all. Right. And so that's where we also have deep humility in the midst of that to say, um, again, everybody's experience is mm-hmm. their own. People, some will be comfortable, some will not. Yeah. Uh, and we want to provide a space that's safe. We want to provide a safe that's worshipful. We believe that we can do that. We're prepared to do that. Yep. And uh, and as folks feel ready, they will come and they will join us yeah. and we'll welcome them with yeah. distanced open arms for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, I'll add this one thing. We've been talking a lot about grace and patience mm-hmm. for the other. Yeah. I think we also have to have grace for ourselves. Yeah, for sure. So to not feel a sense of guilt or shame um, surrounding restrictions or surrounding mm-hmm. gathering or whatever, to figure out how to um, be grace-filled with yourself, oftentimes is maybe even more important than with the other. Yeah. Because again, just like with gratitude, you lean out of gratitude or maybe you lean out of cynicism. Um if you're not being gracious with yourself, yeah. it is very hard to extend that grace to someone else. Yep. Uh, you tend to be, if you're to yourself, a bit um, detrimental or frustrated or discouraged or shame-filled, you will then project that onto others. And so um, when you think about this idea of grace and patience, think about it uh, in relation to yourself yeah. as well. So this last point yeah. that we wanted to talk about. Yeah. Uh, the point of the word we kind of used was intentionality, yes. right? Uh, and the story that we're looking at uh, is the story of the four men that bring their friend to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And the scripture talks about Jesus teaching in this home right. and it's packed out. There's no room in the home, whatever. Right. It's like standing room only. These men uh, have a friend who's on a mat and they feel like they, they feel this need to get this person in front of Jesus to be healed, yeah. but they can't get their way through the door and so they climb up on the roof, right. they rip the rip roof it off, open, yeah. and they lower this man uh, down in front of Jesus. Uh, and in, in the scripture, and I love this part, this is why this story is one of my favorites. Uh, the scripture says, because of the men's faith, like yes. the friend's faith, this man is healed. So the faith of these other four right. is why Jesus healed this man, right. which that's like a mind-blowing thing in oh. of itself. But um but the idea of intentionality and uh, and the, the effort and the work and uh, the intentionality that these four had to have in order to get their friend in right. front of Jesus. Um, well, first, it might have just been one guy's idea. Could could have been. And yeah, then totally. the guy is like, there's no way I can drag yeah. my friend. Yeah. So I've got to get some others. Other people. Yeah. Right. So there's that intentional getting community to surround. Yeah. Then intentionally being all about the same task. Yeah. And having a rhythm to that task that... Like if one guy's not pulling his weight, 
it's the guy's going to fall off the mat, right? They have to collectively do something. And then an intentionality to say, we're not going to stop until the end is met. Yep. Because they could have got to the front door and just said, well, we'll wait out here for this thing to be done because it's too crazy to try to get somebody in there. Yeah. Yeah. Or to go, well, I guess it's not going to work this time. I guess we'll go home or whatever. Um, There was an intense intentionality about it that I I think is vital. Yeah. A perseverance to say, no, this is what we feel convicted to do and we're going to see our way through it. Yeah. Right. And I, so how does that relate to maybe us regathering? Yeah. uh, I mean- um, again, I can speak from my own experience. Um, my Sunday rhythm, my corporate worship rhythm is different than it was a year totally. ago. It is going to take effort on my part and it's going to take intentionality to rebuild that practice mm-hmm. into my life. And I do think one of the very unique aspects of taking a step out of this for a year is it could be uh, simple to convince yourself that oh, I don't really need to show up to Sunday anymore. We've got podcasts, we've right. got video casts, we've got all sorts of tools and resources at our disposal. And maybe the corporate worship gathering isn't important. And therefore I don't really need to put the effort forward. Um, we would say that we don't, we don't believe that. We right. would uh, argue against that fact and that there is something special with yep. uh, the family of God coming together. Uh, but that takes work. It takes effort. It takes yeah. intentionality to say, okay, I, I changed my rhythm. I now set an alarm on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. I get up. It's not the most convenient thing in the world sure. because I got to park downtown and do all the stuff. Uh, but it's where the spirit moves, certainly. Absolutely. Uh, when the people gather. And um, we are encouraging our community, those that feel safe, be an intentional follower of Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. and uh, begin to make the steps necessary so that you can come and join with us and worship with us uh, when we open. Yeah. Now I know some of you are thinking, and if not, I'll put it into your mind to think it, but you might be saying, well, that would be obvious for you two to say, right? Because you're pastors and you want people to come to church and you need people to come to church to even have a church, right? Um, Slash have a job. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, but the truth is, it, we've already proven the community can still exist yeah. without gathering for a full year. We just don't actually believe and have never fundamentally believed that that's the best thing for mm-hmm. the church. If it was the best thing, we'd probably be encouraging, let's yeah. continue to do what we're doing. It's super flexible. You could go skiing on Sunday morning and then listen to the podcast later, or yeah. you could do whatever. Um, but we do know, as Kevin just mentioned, something unique happens with the spirit when we are gathered together. And um, in fact, as we wrap up the Jesus series uh, a little, a few weeks after Easter, we're going to go into a five-week series or so on the spirit, because I do think something unique happens with the, the Holy Spirit when yeah. we're gathered together. And so we want to lean into that more. Um, and so the intentionality to get up, the intentionality to get ready, the intentionality to, uh, to, to go to church physically as a building, as the church gathering together, mm-hmm. uh, I think is vital. I, I also think it's important to remind ourselves when we talk about intentionality, it would be easy to say that, well, I really haven't done anything for the church, so maybe the church doesn't really need me. Hmm. And I think we would argue that the church absolutely needs you, yeah. right? That there, in fact, there are times that maybe in complete transparency that I don't want to go on a Sunday morning. And I might even think to myself, 
I'm not going to get anything out of this. Yeah. Maybe you've made that statement before. I've um, never once thought. No, that Kevin's way never way. felt so that I just way. Want to put that out there right now. <laughs> but uh, here, complete honesty. I have felt that way during the pandemic because I remember one particular Sunday, I wrote all the liturgy for the Sunday and I gave the talk. And I thought to myself, why? I've already done it. Why am I going to get on yeah. and listen to the podcast? And, and I think it's because there's something that we bring to the service yeah. when we come that cannot be replaced if we're not engaged with it. And so... Yeah, sometimes you go to the church gathering, not for you, but for everyone else. Yeah. And I think that's an important piece of intentionality yeah. too. So uh, one of the things, Russ, that we have talked about a, a decent amount is this idea of priorities. So mm -hmm. uh, life is opening up. Um, we were in a world where there was really not much to do. And right. in fact, we were kind of mandated not to do right. much, right? So all of the social obligations that we had even going to and from work, those things were stripped and yep. we were pretty much in our homes uh, for a lot of us. Things are opening up, life is resuming to a degree, mm -hmm. kids are back in school, mm -hmm. uh, at least on a you know a part-time schedule right. for, for many of them. Um, people are going back to work, uh, Sporting sports events. are starting, yep, so all this stuff. Um, it could be, um, I think we could run ourselves into uh, further COVID fatigue or just relational fatigue of, yeah. I haven't been around a lot of people for a year and now yep. I'm around a lot of people uh, in, a, in a pretty quick time frame. Yeah, so, overwhelmed emotionally. Totally. Yep. So Tired. what is that, what does intentionality look like in terms of uh, priorities uh, and, and how you schedule your life to make maybe that gathering or, or maybe it's small group right now or whatever it is, but how do you make your uh, kind of your spiritual pursuit, your spiritual life in a corporate uh, sense, a priority? What, yeah. what might that look like? Um, yeah, the challenging thing about it, as Kev said, is you're starting to add things. And as you add things, you're going to likely get to the point where you're tired and you go, man, that we did a lot of things on all yeah. the evenings this week. And so man, I really could just use the Sunday to yeah. disengage. And I would say, if it is a priority to you, if it is something that you are not only getting something from, but giving something mm -hmm. to, yeah. then it should be one of those first blocks in the priority. And if that's the case, and you have to choose between going to an event on Thursday or gathering with the community on Sunday, I'd say that's a choice of priority. Sure. And yeah. you've got to allocate your energy and your resources appropriately. Yeah. Um, and those are the kinds of things that we all have to wrestle through, which again is why we need to have patience and grace with one another. And, and why we- And with ourselves, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And why we need to lean into to gratitude. Yeah, great. Um, how are we wrapping this thing up? We didn't talk about that. I don't know. Maybe uh, we just say that we're incredibly excited yeah. to be back together. Yeah. Uh, we know, new community, that this is a change. And um, we are excited to walk through this change with you. We are fully available. Our staff is fully available. As questions come up, as concerns come up, please do not hesitate to reach out to us. Like Russ said, we have uh, a, a full protocol in place of what Sunday uh, morning gatherings will look like. It will be different. We will walk you through all of those details yep. in the coming days, in the coming weeks. Um, the, uh, we'll have a registration online. I mean, there's all sorts of yep. stuff that we've been really thoughtful uh, and prayerful through to make sure that as you walk in, uh, it will feel like new community as much as it is appropriate and safe to feel like new community at this time. Yep, absolutely. We're looking forward to it. We can't wait to see you. And uh, we'll see you in a few weeks. Yep, see ya.
Newcomer, now that you've heard the exciting news about regathering for in-person services, our staff wants to take a minute to walk you through some of the processes so that you know what to expect coming up. We are gathering this next week with small group and worship leaders to practice making our space as safe as possible and to pray over the community in preparation for the 21st. Here's what else you can expect. Hi, new community. Well, here it is. We are excited and we are excited to see each of you. Um, we're excited to gather in person. I'm gonna share with you a, one of our protocols that we have, which is gonna be no surprise to anyone as this is a protocol that we are doing in the entire state, but we are gonna ask that everyone wears a mask the entire time that they are in our building. So from the moment you get there, the moment you walk it through those doors, um, while you're sitting down, uh, while you're going to the bathroom, any time that you are in our building from start to finish, we are gonna ask that you wear your mask, please. Um, and we're gonna ask that you wear it over your nose and mouth versus some of the other creative ways. No chin straps, <laughs> hanging isn't just, that's not wearing a mask. So we are asking that you wear a mask in the proper way the entire time that you are there. Um, we also, I also want to let you know that we will not have singing quite yet as a community, as a form of worship. We will be worshiping in many ways, but singing will not be one of them yet. Um, and then we're also going to ask that you remain socially distanced the entire time, which I know is really hard. As we have not seen each other for a long time, it is really easy to start to get closer and closer and closer and hug and do all these things that we want to do. Eventually we will get there. Um, but for now, we want to do our very best to follow all the guidelines and the protocols and stay socially distanced in the building and at least get to see each other's faces and worship together in community. So wear a mask the whole time, stay socially distanced the whole time. Um, and we are just thrilled to get to see each and every one of you. Well, at least part of your faces, I mean, like from here up. So we're excited. We love you and we will see you soon. Newcom family, we love you and we are looking forward to being with you soon for a Sunday gathered service. If you have any questions between now and when you're able to join us, do not hesitate to reach out to a staff member. Join me in this morning's benediction as we close our time together. New community, may the grace and mercy of God settle peace deep in your heart. May the teachings and call of Jesus be a source of encouragement and challenge every day. May the movement and love of the Holy Spirit bring joy to your life. Amen. Go in peace, Newcom. We love you.